0: All right, everybody. Thank you, and welcome to the Bald Eagle Podcast. I am Sean Cressman. I am the Bald Eagle. Well, the Bald Eagle Podcast is a one hundred percent Philadelphia Eagles podcast. We don't talk about any other teams or anything that are going on with other teams, of course, unless that impacts the Eagles. So, so NFC East rivals we may discuss slightly. Um, Bald Eagle Podcast is part of the Philly Sports Alliance. And the the official sponsor of Philly Sports Alliance is La Terrain watches. So you'll see down on the bottom there, scrolling for a while uh, some some uh, information about La Terrain, excellent watches, um, and you get a discount if you put in PSA, Philly Sports Alliance. Okay. The Body eagle Podcast has three rules. Uh, very important rules, especially, I, actually, I've been saying this every episode, but I feel like every every episode, i there's a lot of stuff going on that I don't want to talk about on here, and it's specific to politics. So we don't talk about any politics on the Bodig Podcast you know th- there was a rare exception you could sort of consider covid political which is amazing that it was that it was like that but uh, so we did talk about that briefly uh, because it impacted the game and schedules and things like that but other than that we don't talk about politics we stay away from it. this is, this should be your escape from all that bullshit right um, i don't talk about personal information i don't talk about my personal life nobody cares i don't talk about the players personal lives i don't care um so i don't spend any time uh reading about the things they do off uh, uh, on the uh in the off season you know getting married you know uh, whatever um now of course if if somebody um you know uh was arrested with a dui or something like that of course we talk about that that's not their personal lives because that, Im- that impacts the game and lastly i'm not censored i say whatever i want i don't give a shit Hopefully you don't either. <laughs> now, the Bald Eagle podcast, in addition to it being uh, 100% Philadelphia Eagles, so we don't talk about anything else. You don't have to worry about, oh, uh, you know, listening about uh, other teams, you know, things like that. I only know about the Philadelphia Eagles, so I try and focus more on that. But the the one thing that sets, that sets this podcast apart is it's regular season and, and postseason in the depth analysis I don't, I'm not aware of any other podcast that goes over the play the game as detailed as I do I love doing it it's very time consuming but I enjoy it so after each post regular season and postseason games I go over each play um, we talk about it in detail most plays in detail and that way you know who's doing well um, you, you know maybe Jalen Hurts stats don't look as good as as uh, he's actually playing or vice versa and you'll know that and you won't hear anything like that anywhere else all right, so let's start with our countdown. We're always counting down to something. There's always something to look forward to in the NFL. Um, technically, we're not counting down to it. It's sort of started, but we have one more day until the next uh, group of OTAs. Um, uh, uh, the We already had one day, May 31st. Um, June 2nd and 3rd, which is tomorrow, of course, uh, is another uh, bunch of OTAs. And uh, June 6th through 8th is another group of OTAs. Um, Now, we've elected as a team, or the the coaches have elected as a team, to only have six days of OTAs. The limit is 10, so we could do four more days, but there's been a theme since Sirianni's been coach, um, and he feels like it's been successful, and that is to reduce uh, practice time as much as possible, um, to reduce injuries. Um, Now, I don't want to talk too much about OTAs real quick, because I do want to also acknowledge that yesterday, and I didn't have my podcast on yesterday, was 100 days until the regular season Home, uh, regular season opener. Uh, so we're down to 99 days. I do want to bring that up because that's also a very important thing to count down to. Um, back to OTAs, we are one of two teams that aren't holding a mandatory mini camp. The other team is the Bengals and they're doing it because they feel they need a, a little bit of a break from their Super Bowl appearance. Um, training camp should be around July 26th. I have not seen any solid dates yet um, based on what the collective bargaining agreement allows. Um, all teams that don't have aren't in the Hall of Fame game or don't play that Thursday night game um, are have to can report no earlier than July 26th. So last year it was July 27th, and almost everybody started their uh, their training camps on July 27th. Now Jacksonville and the Raiders, because they play in the Hall of Fame game, they're able to start uh, as early as July 20th. And the Rams and Buffalo, they are in the season opener on Thursday night. They're allowed to start as early as Saturday, July 23rd. No earlier. And rookies can report up to seven days before veterans. So um, again, no official word about how the Eagles are going to handle that, but, but they could bring the rookies in a few days earlier. Um, there is some structure, according to the CBA, about how these practices have to occur. And in fact, they've, uh, they've changed it slightly and been a little more specific. Um, so the first five days of, um, of training camp are limited to no contact, um, uh, no physical contact. Um, and there's limits on how much you can practice each day. Um, day one is generally, uh, uh, walkthroughs and, um, in team meetings. Day two is limited to 90 minutes of practice. Day three is limited to 105 minutes. Day four and five are limited to two hours of practice. After the first five days, you can then start two a days. And for those who played football, two days are horrible, um, when you're doing them, but they're amazing when you look back. I miss two days. um, However, even though you can start two days after the first five days of practice, you're only allowed to practice uh, for four hours a day. Um, only one of those practices, if you split it up into two days, can be padded. Um, day seven, the, the, the practices can be at, at most 105 minutes. Day, t- day eight, two hours. And every day thereafter, two and a half hours can be a single practice. Uh, the second practice is limited to whatever time is remaining that you didn't take the first uh, practice for a total cumulative amount of four hours per day. Now, um, again, we'll get more specifics on when our practices are. Hopefully, we have at least two open uh, um, training camps, so we can go down to the link and check those out. That has been the case uh, since Chip Kelly took over. Before that, it was at Lehigh University, which I wish it still was. Uh, That was a much better, um, uh, I think, situation. You could go to more practices. It didn't cost anything. It was much closer for me, uh, which is a little selfish, but you know, who cares? Um, we'll also be holding joint practices this year with other teams. Remember last year, we did it with the Jets and the Patriots. And if you remember, uh, there was a much bigger focus on those practices than there was on preseason games. And it kind of was shitty for the players. I'm sorry, for the uh, the fans, because we didn't get to see much of our starters uh, during preseason. They spent more time on those those private practices. And nobody's allowed to record. So they're doing things in those practices that they generally wouldn't do in preseason games anyway. Um, This year, they're holding joint practices with the Browns at their practice complex in in Berea, Ohio, and with the Miami Dolphins in South Florida before each of their games. Um, Speaking of games, uh, the preseason starts August 4th uh, through 7th. That is Hall of Fame weekend in Canton, Ohio. The first game is actually the 4th, August 4th. It's a Hall of Fame game. Uh, The Las Vegas Raiders against the Jacksonville Jaguars at 8 p.m. And then for us, preseason starts Friday, August 12th against the Jets at home at 730. Week two of preseason, Sunday, August twenty-first at Cleveland, one p.m. We're going to uh, have a joint practice with them before that, and week three, Saturday, August twenty-seventh at Miami, seven p.m. And of course, we'll have that joint practice with them before that. All preseason games are going to be on NBC Ten if you're local, and ninety-four W I I think, uh, I think uh, ninety-four W I P is on like uh, you know one of those radio apps like iHeartRadio Radio or something. So if you're not local, um, you can uh, you can. You can listen there now. In addition, one of the things I always get is the NFL Game Pass, and all out-of-market preseason games are on NFL Game Pass, and I believe they're live. And if they're not live, they're all you can definitely watch them all after the fact. But I can, I believe, I, I think through the Game Pass you can watch. I don't know. I don't know actually. I don't know if they're live. Anyway, check out the Game Pass. Uh, you might be able to watch them if you're out of the out of the uh, area. Okay, then our regular season. Well, the NFL's regular season kicks off. Thursday, September 8th, Buffalo plays the Los Angeles Rams at 820. Um, And then we kick off week one at Detroit, Sunday, September 11th at 1 p.m. Week two, we're at a home against Minnesota, Monday night football, September 19th, 830. That's our home opener. Week three, we're at Washington, Sunday, September 25th at 1 p.m. Week four, and that's when uh, Washington, we're at Washington. So that's the first time Carson Wentz plays against us or we, we play against Carson Wentz. Week four, we have another reunion. At home, uh, Doug Peterson returns to the link. We play Jacksonville, Sunday, October 2nd, 1 p.m. Week five, at Arizona, some Sunday, October 9th, 425 p.m. Week six, at home against the Cowgirls, Sunday night football, October 16th, 820 p.m. We have an early week seven bye. Not happy about it, but what can you do? Week eight, at home against the Steelers, Sunday, October 30th, 1 p.m. It's interesting to see how they're going to do with without Ben Roethlisberger, isn't it? Uh, Week 9 at Houston, Thursday night football, November 3rd, 8.15 p.m. Week 10 at home against Washington, so Carson Wentz's first return to the link. Monday night football, November 14th, 8.15 p.m. Week 11 at Indianapolis, Sunday, November 20th, 1 p.m. Very different team with Matt Ryan. Uh, Week 12 at home against the Packers, Sunday night football, November 27th, 8.20 p.m. Week 13 at home against the Titans, Sunday, December 4th, 1 p.m. Uh, Week 14 at the Giants, Sunday, December 11th, 1 p.m. And we have a a string of three away games. Week 15 at Chicago, Sunday, December 18th, 1 p.m. Week 16 at the Cowgirls, Saturday, December 24th, 425 p.m. Week 17, we go back home against the Saints, Sunday, January 1st, 1 p.m. And we end the season week 18 at home against the Giants. And it's, it's to be determined, the, the date and time, either Saturday or Sunday, this January 7th or 8th, and uh, time is to be determined. So third year in a row, we begin the season away. Uh, that's the longest streak since back in 2011, 2013. Um, we don't have any back-to-back away games until week 13, which is nice. And then, of course, we go on a three away game string. Um, we close out the season with two home games. That's nice. Um, I mentioned the bye being early. It's the earliest bye we've had since 2016 when we had a week four bye. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately our NFC East rivals have later buys the Giants and Cowgirls have a buy week nine and Washington has a buy uh, a week 14. Now, I don't know how often we generally have primetime games. I think we, I don't think we've gone a year where we haven't had any, we've had a handful each year. In fact, um, we've had at least one, uh, because we play the Cowgirls every season, primetime since 2007, except for 2014, when we played them on, on, uh, Thanksgiving, that's not Prime time. It's not at night, but it is a nationally televised game. Um, but this is the most five games. A, we're, we're one of 13 teams that have five primetime games, and that's the most this year. And it's the most we've had since 2018. Um, now, there are two teams that have had the, the most primetime games since 2000. We are second with 94, and unfortunately, the Cowgirls are first with 100. Um, strength of schedule. Uh, we are the NFC East is the bottom four uh, teams as far as having the easiest. Previous year opponents' uh, uh, strength uh, uh, or winning percentage, right? So they look back to see how the teams were playing this year fared last year, and they combine those uh, those winning percentages into one average. Um, So we are third easiest at point four six four. Dallas and Washington are tied for the easiest at point four six two, and the Giants are fourth at point four six five. So opponents have had a uh, slightly less than uh, five hundred. winning record last year now the rams have the hardest strength of schedule at 0.567 and then to end the season in my opinion the end of the season uh because i know technically it continues and then begins uh i think after i think it's uh i think the new season begins technically in april i believe anyway um sunday february 12th 2023 is super bowl 57 at state farm stadium in glendale arizona Um, hopefully buy your tickets now and watch the eagles right all right Let's start with a little let's start with a little draft recap. <clears throat> You'll find, uh, if if you watch me every week, and I hope you do, that um, I repeat myself often. I do it on purpose. Um, not that I can't find things to talk about. I, I'm sure I could, um, or I could just cut the show shorter, but I, I repeat things. I repeat our schedule, and I'm going to repeat our draft picks because I have a horrible memory, and it's a great way for me to try and uh, f- force that stuff into my into my brain. So uh, draft recap. So first round 13th overall, we drafted defensive tackle Jordan Davis from Georgia, a huge defensive tackle who uh, ran a, a quicker 40 than uh, than a couple of the best quarterbacks in the league, including Dak Prescott uh, and, uh, and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, and he has actually every one of our uh, draft picks have signed their contract, their rookie contract, except for center Cam Juergens. Um, so then we traded 18th and, and the 101st overall picks to Tennessee for wide receiver A.J. Brown. Exactly what I was looking for last year, a big physical veteran wide receiver. Uh, one of the more physical uh, receivers in the game. Consistent 1,000 yard thousand uh, yards receiving. So that's an exciting move. I'm, I'm really excited to see how he does. Uh, second round, 51st overall, we drafted center Cam Jurgens from Nebraska. Again, he's the only one that hasn't signed his contract. Uh, third round, 83rd overall, linebacker Nekobe Dean from Georgia. F- a funny story, and I went over it before. Apparently, there was a rumor going around that he had he had, uh, an injury to his pec and that he had um, denied surgery. Um, and that's why everybody suspects that he went down to the third round. He was projected, I believe, a late first, early second rounder. Very fast uh, linebacker who seems to be pretty good in coverage, which is very valuable on a team that plays zone a lot and has struggled with with linebackers in zone. But apparently the, uh, the rumor was that he didn't, He denied surgery. And in fact, it, uh, according to him anyway, nobody ever suggested that he get surgery. Um, so kind of an interesting story there. But it, it benefited the Eagles in that we got a, a player that was, uh, was, was projected to go significantly earlier in the draft. Uh, sixth round, 181st overall, we got linebacker Kyron Johnson from Kansas. And sixth round, 198th overall, tight end Grant Cal- Calcaterra, SMU. We signed, I think, 12 uh, undirected rookie free agents. Um, Josh Blackwell, corner from Duke. Reed Blankenship, safety from Middle Tennessee State. Kennedy Brooks, running back from Oklahoma. Britton Covey, wide receiver from Utah. William Dunkel, offensive lineman from San Diego State. Noah Ellis, defensive tackle from Idaho. Uh, Ali Fiyad, linebacker from Western M- Michigan. Uh, Mario Goodrich, corner from Clemson. Josh Jobe, corner from Alabama. Josh Sills, offensive lineman from Oklahoma State. Carson Strong, quarterback from Nevada, and Jared Williams, offensive lineman from Miami. Now, there hasn't been any any word from any of the coaches on any of these guys, except for Carson Strong, who Nick Nick Sirianni was pretty bullish on in camp. Got a big arm, sharp, and knows where to put the ball, was the quote. All right, let's get to... There was a little little Eagles news, nothing real urgent, um, not a lot going on uh, at this time of the year, but uh, June 5th, if you are a gamer four days from now, um, the Eagles are playing a Madden 22 tournament. Now, you want to double check because it appears you might have to have an Xbox Series X or S. And I'm not a gamer, so I, ha- I have an Xbox One, but I don't know if it's either one of those. Um, and there's three, uh, three winners. Uh, first place gets a premium Bose headphones and Eagles season tickets. I might, join just to, I might join just to get a shot at those. Uh, second place, autographed helmet and custom gaming controller. And third place is an autographed jersey and $100 to the Eagles Pro, uh, pro shop um sounds exciting sounds fun i wish i played Madden more often to be honest with you um let's see roster moves we didn't make any we didn't sign or release anybody over the last week um but we did we have signed over time um we have signed a bunch of people uh, and we've been we've been reviewing uh, uh each one so we went over we talked about uh, linebacker hassan reddick we talked about wide receiver um uh, zach pascal uh, we talked about james bradbury corner from giants um, and now we're going to go over three more kind of, you know, nothing real, you know, no real value. I don't want to say valuable because we don't know how they're going to play. No big splashes, no big names. Uh, we're going to go over, but I'm I figured I'd give you some background on everybody. Um, so first we're going to talk about uh, wide receiver, Devin Allen. We signed him. Um, he was an unsigned rookie free agent, uh, six feet, 198 pounds played three years in Oregon, Oregon from 2014 to 2016 in 2014. He caught 41 receptions for 684 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, but he injured his knee on the opening kickoff of the Rose Bowl. Um, He returned in 2015, only had nine receptions for 94 yards, and in 2016, only four receptions for 141 yards and a touchdown, and he suffered another knee injury. Now, the reason his production declined wasn't because he was necessarily a a bad football player, uh, but over his college career, he focused more and more on uh, the Olympics. This guy uh, runs the 110-meter hurdles, He is a two-time Olympian in 2016 and 2020. He placed fourth in the 110-meter hurdles in Tokyo in 2020 and placed fifth in Rio in 2016. He's participated in the World Athletics Championship in 2017 and 2019, and he placed seventh in the 110-meter hurdles in 2019. Um, His goal is to compete in the next USA Track and Field Outdoor Championships and the World Athletic Championships. Now, the, the USA Track and Field ones are in June and the world athletic championships are apparently july in fact i think they wrap, wrap up july 8 18th which would be approximately 8 days before training camp starts so it works out really well um, for him to try in those and and his you know the goal of him uh, coming to play football is to i believe uh, no longer compete in in the hurdles and focus on football now so you wonder you know he had a, you know his stats as a as a receiver in oregon weren't remarkable um so, you know, why would we give him a shot? Well, um, he uh, went to the pro day at Oregon, uh, even though he, you know, hadn't played for a while, he was allowed to go to the pro day and show off. And he ran a 40 and four, three, five, which is remarkable. He'd be one of, if not the fat, Oh, I guess Devonte Smith. I don't know what his, what his 40 is, but he'd be one of the, sm- the fastest guy on our team. Um, he, he has a 34 and a half inch vertical. He ran the 20 yard shuttle in four, five, five, and the three cone drill in seven, two, seven, two, three, not real impressive three cone number. Um, so he may not be good with side to side, uh, which isn't as as important in a wide receiver as it is in say a running back. But that four three five is amazing. Um, so you know, kind of throw in, you know, trying to to involve anybody we can that has has skill and uh, and to see how things work out. Um, so let's move to we signed wide receiver Josh Hammond uh, from the Jags. Uh, he signed with Jacksonville as a rookie free agent out of Florida in 2020. Uh, six feet, 194 pounds, runs the 40 and 453. He was not invited to the combine and his pro day was canceled due to COVID. So I don't have a lot of his stats. Uh, He's 23 years old, had played all four years in college at Florida. In that four year span, he started 31 games out of of 49, uh, played in 49, started 31. He had 87 receptions for 1,138 yards. That's a 13.1 average and six touchdowns. Had his best year in 2018 when he played in 12 games, had 28 receptions, 369 yards, 13.2 average, and four touchdowns. Um, nothing real impressive in college. Uh, not real fast. The 453 isn't necessarily uh, that great. Uh, I ran, I a faster 40, and when I was uh, 15 years, young, uh, what am I? Uh, 20 years younger. Um, he spent the last two seasons on Jackson uh, on the Jaguars practice squad. Uh, was elevated um, in two games in 2021, week 16 versus the Jets, and uh, week 18 versus Indianapolis. In those two games, he played 13 snaps. Um, one little highlight, he was the Jacksonville Jaguars' leading receiver in preseason in 2021. He had 12 receptions for 124 yards. Uh, so this is what I'm saying, nothing real remarkable that we've, uh, that we've uh, signed. And last, we'll go over uh, signing corner Jimmy Moreland from the Texans. He was a seventh round, two hundred twenty seventh overall pick by Washington in the twenty nineteen NFL Draft. He's 5'11", 182, one eighty two. Didn't go to the combine, but did go to a pro day. Uh, his pro day numbers: a forty yard he ran in four four six, the twenty yard uh, in two and a half seconds, the ten yard at one point five six seconds. I don't have percentages for these because it was just pro days. His vertical is thirty nine inches, which is impressive. Although he's he's five eleven, so um, about the same average, about the same height as a corner. So that might give him a little bit of an advantage if, if the corner can't jump that high. Broad jump, 120 inches. 20 yard shuttle, 426. Three cone, 683. Um, so this guy runs a 44640. Excuse me. <clears throat> this guy runs a 44640. Jimmy Moreland, the corner from the Texans. But his three cone is 6.83. Um, wide receiver, Josh Hammond from the Jaguars. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That uh, Devin Allen, the the rookie that that uh, was the Olympian, um, he ran a four three five forty, and his three cone is seven two three. So the three cone is si- more side to side than it is uh, straight back and forth. I apologize. I have a little tickle in my throat. So uh, my point is, is that uh, straightaway speed in a 40 is different than side to side speed in a three cone drill. And there's value in both of them. Um, I would put more weight for a wide receiver in the 40 uh, than I would the three cone. But, um, you know, you know, that receiver that's not quite as fast might be able to get open a little more easily if he's able to cut left and right more quickly. Uh back to corner Jimmy Moreland from the Texans. He played in 30 games uh, started 10 at Washington. Uh played 48% of the defensive snaps in 2019, 57% in 2020. In addition, he played 42% of special teams and 32% uh in 2019 and 2020 respectively. Um so you, you know there's generally with some of these guys there's a there's a pattern and most of the ones that make the team um have have experience on special teams as well they can't quite make it as for this guy a starting corner. Played in seven games with Houston in 2021, uh, but only but but his his uh, his snaps declined. He only played two percent of the defensive snaps in those seven games, which was which was eight snaps, so nothing significant. Uh, but he did play 22 percent of the special team snaps. So he might be you know if he doesn't make the team as a as a corner, um, sounds like he has an okay shot at making it as a special teamer. In his rookie year, he struggled uh, in corner. He allowed 31 completions on 39 targets, which is a completion percentage almost 80 percent, 79 and a half, and that was 14 games and five starts. Um, performed better in 2020, five starts in 16 games. Uh, he allowed 44 completions on 65 targets. All, that's a completion percentage of 67.7. And he also had a pick and a half a sack. Um, interesting, the interception was against us, the Eagles. Um, we were actually beating the Washington through the Redskins back then the football team. But now that you know, the commanders now, they were, we were beating them 17 to nothing. And that was part of their comeback. They picked us off and then came back and, and won the game. All right, those are three more of our uh, our free agent signings. Uh, we'll go over three more uh, next week if we have three. Yeah, We have three more to well, actually, no, we might, f- I think we have one more of a free agent signings and then we'll get back to some of those undrafted free agent signings and uh, rookie free agents. And we'll look at those guys next week as well. Um, a little bit of no injury news. Um, I haven't heard anything about any injuries um, uh, on the Eagles, a little bit of NFL news, um, roster cuts. If you recall, I guess back uh, from 2019 and back, you would have to go from, from uh, your, your cap of 90 while you're practicing down to 53 in one cut uh, right before the beginning of the season they've last year they staggered it and they're going to continue that year this year. So what that means is um, August 17th after the first set of preseason games, you have to cut from 90 to 85 August 23rd. After the second set of preseason games, you got to cut from 85 to 80 and then um, uh, August 30th. After the third preseason game, you cut from 80 to 53. Hey, what's going on, Ryan Reese. Thanks for watching, man. Go birds. Ryan Reese uh, has uh, two podcasts, I believe. One is uh, All Four Sports, All Philly Four Sports, and the other one is um, Just Football. Let me bring that up here. He's got uh, Football Smack Talk Show, Ryan Reese, uh, and the Philly Broadcast. He's on both of those, so keep an eye on him. I'll go over all our schedule at the end as well. Um, so again, tiered cuts, which I'm a big fan of, um, you know, when you think about cutting everybody in tiers, that gives those guys that could cut a better chance of finding a team before, um, uh, before the, 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 season starts, they can go to another camp, uh, and try out there, um, a little bit of adjustment about roster management in, in the, during the season last year, uh, if you placed a player on, in, uh, uh, injured reserve, he had to miss three games. They increased that to four games. Um, uh, up to eight players can be designated to return from, from injury, injured reserve. Um, and in fact, one player can come back from injured reserve twice in one year. However, that counts towards two of your eight. So if one guy comes back twice, another guy comes back twice, uh, you got four of your eight already taken up. Um, teams are allowed to continue to have 16 players on their practice squad, uh, pre 2020, that was 14. They're not allowed to have six veterans on their practice squad. I forget how much it was before. In fact, I don't think you were able to have veterans on your practice squad before 2020. Um, the other 10 players can have no more than two official seasons in the NFL. You can elevate practice squad players um, three games. Uh, formerly, it was only two. Um, now, the limit is that if you want to elevate that player, say, for a fourth game, uh, you can't. You have to add them to your 53-man roster. All right, that is it for the news. Let's move to one of my favorite parts of the Bald Eagle podcast, and that is the Bald Eagle fact. I am a huge Eagles fan. I've been an Eagles fan since I can remember. I think I was like nine. Um, but to be honest with you, I don't remember everything, and I never did really any research on the history of the Eagles, so, so I do that as part of my show. I like to reach back and, and look in history and see what, what's been going on. I do things like uh, you know the, the, the list of all of our head coaches from the beginning, a list of all the seasons uh from nineteen thirty three when we entered the NFL. Um a list of all of our Hall of Famers, our Pro Bowlers, um just kind of chip away at it and do a different one every every episode. Um I'm starting a new uh a new set of of political facts today and that is um we're gonna go over uh the Eagles all-time record holders, current record holders. Uh I'm gonna start with somebody who was somewhat divisive. Um you know I'll tell I'll tell you that I'm torn about this guy and, and doing more research on his on his career. Um, so in my in my opinion, before uh, studying a little bit more on, on his career, I always thought that he was a uh, I, I was happy that he was our quarterback. Um, I thought he was a very, very good quarterback, um, but I never thought he was a great quarterback only because he didn't quite, uh, you know, when the moment was there um, to win the Super Bowl, he, he didn't do it. He failed. And, um, you know, that, that break there, I think this, you know, dropped him down a notch from being a great quarterback to a very, very good one. And I'm not saying I don't appreciate what he did for us. I absolutely do. It was great. Um, it was great to be as good as we were when he was our quarterback. Um, but at at some point being really good, isn't quite enough, right? You you don't want to just be really good for, for 11 years. Essentially, you want to be great, at least one of those years. And we didn't quite make it. So you probably have guessed, I'm talking about our current passing leader. He he leads the Eagles in, um, let's see, passing yards, um, completions, passing, uh, let's see, where are we here? Uh, yep, he's an all-time leader in pass attempts, pass completions, passing yards, and passing touchdowns, um, and that is Donovan McNabb. Um, so Donovan McNabb, of course, uh, started his career in college at Syracuse. At Syracuse, as the quarterback, he was 35 and 14, and he started all four years. Um, he comp- completed the longest pass in Syracuse's history as a freshman. It was a 96-yard pass against West Virginia University, and actually in that game, he accounted for 350 total yards of offense. Now, as a side note, he chose Syracuse because he wanted to show people that he was a pocket passer. Clearly, having 350 total yards of offense means he ran as well. Um, that, doesn't, that means you're not a pocket passer, I hate to tell you, but, but again, uh, no knock on him. He set the school record with 2,892 yards of total offense as a junior. As a senior, he led Syracuse to a berth in the Orange Bowl versus Florida. He completed 157 of his 251 passes for 62.5%. Uh, That was 2,134 yards and 22 touchdowns. Uh, The touchdowns tied a single-season record. Um, The record uh, at Syracuse was set by former Eagle quarterback Don McPherson in 1987. He also rushed 135 times for 438 yards and eight touchdowns, and he tied a school record versus Cincinnati with four touchdown passes. So, excellent college career. He was named the Big East Rookie of the Year, named the Big East Offensive Player of the Decade for the 90s, um, he was the big East offensive player of the year, three times, 96, 97, and 98, uh, first team all conference all four years. Uh, he was fifth in Heisman trophy award votes in 1998. Um, the, the gentleman who won the Heisman trophy that year was, uh, Ricky Williams. Um, and he was named to Syracuse all century football team. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles drafted him in the first round. Second overall in 1999, the first overall was a gentleman by the name of Tim couch, We missed the bullet. We dodged a bullet on that one because Tim Couch uh, was in the league for a handful of years, failed in Cleveland, and then bounced around for a little bit. Now, I mentioned that Ricky Williams was the Heisman winner that year. Um, There was a lot of of controversy because uh, the majority of Eagles fans wanted us to draft Ricky Williams, uh, not Donovan McNabb. In hindsight, good idea to draft Donovan McNabb because Donovan McNabb at least did not have a marijuana problem where Ricky Williams did, and not that that could be yeah, I'm not suggesting that marijuana can, is a problem, uh, but it is for the it is it was and it still is to the NFL. Um, Donovan McNabb was the first Eagle rookie to start at quarterback since Brad Goble in 1991, which I have never heard of Brad Goble, even though I've been watching football since then. I, that guy, that name did not ring any bells. So we'll talk about him eventually, but I, I'm not sure who he is. First Eagle, he is the first Eagles rookie draft pick to start since John Reeves in 1972 first Eagles rookie quarterback to win his first NFL start since Mike Bryla in 1974, and the first Eagle quarterback to win his first NFL start since Ty Detmer in 1996. I remember Ty Detmer and his brother, Coy. He spent uh, the first 11 years of his NFL career as the Eagles starting quarterback. He started 142 of his 148 games played. He had seven winning seasons. His record, uh, combined record for the Eagles was 92-49-1. and he completed two thousand eight hundred and one passes. He attempted four thousand seven hundred and forty-six passes. He completed fifty-nine percent, which is a little low. That was one of his, uh, one of his, I guess, issues is that he wasn't, you know, one of the most accurate passers. Um, he completed, I'm sorry, passed for thirty-two thousand eight hundred and seventy-three yards, two hundred and sixteen touchdowns, and one hundred interceptions. He averaged two hundred and twenty-two point one uh, passing yards per game, and his quarterback rating while with the Eagles was eighty-six point five. He also rushed 573 times for 3,249 yards, <laughs> 5.7 average and 28 touchdowns. Yeah, Ryan, I, I'm not going over his career, uh, his later career, uh, his stint with the with the Red's the football team, or the Commanders, or the um, uh, who did he, or the Vikings because he uh, he dropped off significantly at the end. There uh, struggled to complete a pass, which I it was all mental. Right, uh, you get in, somebody gets in your head and um. You just can't make the throw anymore. But uh, um, during his career, he led the NFL uh, in 2000. He led them in the quarterbacks in rushing attempts at 86, uh, quarterbacks in rushing yards at 629, uh, average rushing yards, uh, average yards per rush at 7.3, and rushing touchdowns. In 2002, he uh, led the league in quarterback rushing average at 7.3 and and quarterback rushing touchdowns with six. Um, His completion percentage uh, was best in the NFL in 2004 at 64. Um, he also was the best in the NFL in passing touchdowns at 31 and quarterback rating at 104.7. So excellent year 2004 where we went to the Super Bowl. He just choked in the Super Bowl. That's that's what <laughs> that's the problem I have with with McNabb. Um, in 2006, he led the league in passing yards per completion at 8.4. Uh, I'm sorry that was in 2006 I don't know if I said 2008 but in 2008 uh, again he had a great year he led the league in completions at 345 attempts 571 and passing yards 3916 Um, in his 11 year career he led the Eagles to eight playoff appearances um, 2000 through 2004 2006 2008 and 2009 We had five NFC East division championships. We went to that string of four years in a row, 2001 through 2004, and then one more time in 06. We went to five NFC championship games. Again, the string of 2001 through 2004, and then one more time in 2008. And of course, we went to Super Bowl 39, lost to the Patriots 24-21 in what what could have been uh, a win. I think we had a total of... Uh, five turnovers that Super Bowl and, and take one of those away. And perhaps we have a, sh- we have, you know, we win by, by three, we lost by three, even when we had so many turnovers. Anyway, he was elected or, or uh, nominated or, or um, selected for the Pro Bowl six times. He was a 13 time NFC or NFL offensive player of the week, a four time offensive player of the month. He, in 2011, he was NFL's number 100 player at their top 100 players. <laughs> Um, in 2000, he was second only to Marshall Falk in MVP voting. Marshall Falk won, uh, won the MVP, but he was second. Um, he is the fourth quarterback in NFL history to have more than 30,000 passing yards, 200 touchdown passes, 3000 rushing yards, and 20 rushing touchdowns in his career. And those other three quarterbacks that have had that have been remarkable. Frank Tarkenton from the Vikings, uh, back in the day who I believe, uh, he was with the Vikings for at least two of their Super Bowl runs early on. Um, uh, didn't win any of them, but but he was there. John Elway uh, and Steve Young. So great company to keep. Uh, I mentioned he is currently the Eagles all-time leader in pass attempts, pass completions, passing yards, and passing touchdowns. Um, he led uh, NFL in the whole NFL in quarterback wins from 2000 to 2004. Uh, he ranked fourth in quarterback wins during his 13-year career, so we're including his... Uh, shitty seasons with minnesota and washington um, he was only behind in that in that 13 years peyton manning tom brady and brett Favre. Um, he's the first nfl quarterback to throw for more than 30 touchdowns and less t- less than 10 interceptions in a season in 04 and he is tied with jim kelly for the most playoff wins by a quarterback that did not win the super bowl and that's nine so that's his that's his thing right um, you know, you read all these these impressive numbers. Of the the company that he keeps with his records, Frank Tarkenton and Elway and Steve Young, with with the combination of passing yards, passing touchdowns, and rushing yards and touchdowns. And then you look at his uh, during his thirteen year career. So even including the shitty years with with Washington and, and Minnesota, he had the fourth most wins and, and most wins. And who is he behind? Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Brett Favre. The only thing that 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 um that sets him apart from everybody there except her, um, right, except her Frank uh, Tarkenton is that he did not win a Super Bowl. Right. Really, really good career. Really good career. You know, it was amazing to be an Eagles fan while he was the quarterback because we did well almost every year. Uh, We dominated the NFC East and that's really good. Um, And it it was great while it lasted. But at some point you want more. And I always wanted more. And he just couldn't, he couldn't win that Super Bowl. And that I think that's going to haunt him his whole life. It's, it's unfortunate because he did have a great career, um, but looking at these numbers, you would think, yeah, he should he should go to the to the Hall of Fame, right? Um, but I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you know you know perhaps if he got to the Super Bowl and his play was was good, um, he wasn't uh, you know at any you, you know you, you don't want to point fingers necessarily, but you know perhaps if in the Super Bowl it wasn't his turnovers that that caused the the loss, if he had no turnovers, right? Then I would see his absolute shoe in for, for the Hall of Fame eventually at some point. But the fact that he just, you know, when, when in my opinion, if you want to put him in the Hall of Fame, if you want to say he's a great quarterback, he needs to step up to the plate and be, be a great quarterback um, when you need him to be a great quarterback. And that was during the Super Bowl and he didn't do it. So in my opinion, that, that kind of keeps him out of the Hall of Fame, um, you know, for now. I mean, there may be some flexibility, you know, l- later in the future, but, uh, you know, I don't think anytime soon should he get in. Um, but, uh, so that is our, our, uh, you know, our, our current record holder for, um, uh, for pass attempts, pass completions, passing yards and passing touchdowns, Donovan McNabb. All right. Do me a favor. I brought this up before. I want you to look at it again. Um, follow all, follow all of us on uh, social media, follow the uh, Philly sports Alliance, um, follow the bald Eagle podcast and do me a favor. Check out all of our shows. We have an amazing lineup of, of sports related shows. On Mondays at 6, uh, I mentioned you have the football sma- smack talk show. Uh, that features Ryan Reese and Eric Ward. Ryan was making some comments on the show today. I appreciate that, Ryan. Uh, Mondays at 7.30, the Diamond Club. Oh, I'm sorry. The football sma- smack talk show <laughs> uh, is all football. All four, uh, uh, all NFL uh, football, Though they, they are Eagles fans. They talk about all, all teams. Uh, Mondays at 7.30, you're going to watch the Diamond Club podcast. That's all Phillies podcast featuring John Hunter, Chris Lehiff, and Danny Hart. Tuesdays at 6.30, the Philly Brocast. That's gotten Ryan Reese uh, and Ryan Finneran. The Philly Brocast is all for sports uh, and Philadelphia specific. That's right, football smack talk show. <laughs> um, and then we got uh, Wednesdays at 6, you are glued to Facebook or Instagram or whatever, watching the Bald Eagle podcast with me. I'm the Bald Eagle. Um, later tonight uh, at 8 p.m. is Mixed Sports. Uh, that is a football podcast with Eric Ward and Jay Landry. They talk about the full NFL. Eric Ward is a, an Eagles fan, so he's okay. But Jay, La- Jay Landry's kind of a douchebag because he's a Cowgirls fan. Not a real douchebag, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, Thursdays at 530, Tendies on Patterson. That's all about the Flyers. Uh, that's got Paul Batcho, Jack Griffin, and Chris Lahiff. And last but not least, Thursday at 7 p.m., Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. That is a wrestling show featuring Eric Ward and Joe Barry. Now, don't forget, um, I mentioned I'm part of the Philly Sports Alliance. Uh, but we're also part of uh six pack. Um, so six pack coverage allows us to, uh, we share, uh, we broadcast on our YouTube and Twitter. Um, and then the painted lines, YouTube, we, we, uh, we broadcast on those as well. Um, the Painted Lines, uh, I'm sorry, Six Packs Coverage is a, is a great national media company uh, located in Tennessee. And they don't just have sports podcasts like the Bald Eagle Podcast and others. Um, they have uh, podcasts about, and blogs about uh, fitness, travel, food, finance. So it's a, a wealth of information uh, with Six Packs Coverage. So uh, check them out. All right. I appreciate you listening. I pre- appreciate you watching. And... Uh, I will see you. Actually, next week will be on Thursday. I have a conflict on Wednesday. So next week will be on Thursday at six. Um, So I will see you then. Go birds.